Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. There is a story that I was once told or probably read somewhere, most likely. And uh, I think it's a very interesting story. And I would like to share this story with all of you this morning. Now, this story that I want to tell is about a farmer who once saw a great swarm of bees in the forest uh, nearest his farm. Now, having always wanted to establish a beehive on his farm, he bought a hive. He went into the woods and he called a dozen or so of these bees and he put them into his own hive. Now, the next day, he went out into the forest again and he caught another dozen or so bees. But as fast as he could catch these bees, but as fast as he could catch them and turn them loose to gather honey for his hive, what he found out was that when he let them out of the hive, they went straight back to the hive from which they came. In other words, they made a beeline straight back to the hive from which they came, the tree where he caught them. Now, perplexed by this, he went out and he sought the advice of an expert beekeeper. And so he asked the beekeeper, what is the matter with these bees? Why won't they stay in the hive that I have for them, he asked. And he's the beekeeper said, the only way to move a swarm of bees to your hive, the beekeeper said, is to catch first the soul of the swarm. The soul. Now once you catch the soul, all the rest of the bees will come and they will stay in the hive that you have. Now perplexed by this, again, the farmer asks, the bee expert. What is the soul of the swarm? He asked. The soul of the swarm is the queen, the expert beekeeper said. Catch her and all the rest of the bees whose sole purpose is to serve the soul of the swarm will follow and stay where you put them. What the queen bee, dearly beloved, is to the other bees in this story, in this hive that I just gave, is what the soul is to humanity. All of our instincts, all of our desires, thoughts, and emotions oftentimes obey the soul. And depending on where our soul is, where our soul is committed, so will our person be also. Although the soul is not part of the body, many of the church fathers would say, it is, however, the real us, the part of us that is spiritual, the part of us that sees God, and the part of us that is not subject to physical death but to an eternal life. In today's gospel reading, 
we hear some of the greatest words spoke by our Lord in His earthly ministry on just how important a person's soul is. Now permit me to go back over them again. If a man would come after me, let him deny himself. Let him take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and to lose his soul? Lose his soul. For what will a man give in exchange for his soul? I have to say that there are many things in the world that the evil one tempts us with in order to achieve this very thing, dearly beloved. And this is why Christ calls us to take up our cross which sits before us here in remembrance and to follow Him. We are constantly reminded of this now and in several times throughout the liturgical calendar of the year of the church. The church places before us, as we have placed here, the cross of Christ in order to save our souls. When we strive to direct our souls toward the Holy Cross, my friends, then all the emotions and, the, and that which the soul experiences will be fixed upon Christ. But, and there's always a but, but when we strive to direct our souls towards something and anything other than Christ and His cross and His holy church, then our souls will become less and less sensitive to our temptations and to our sins. Our soul becomes hardened when we take our eyes off of Christ and His cross. To gain the whole world and to lose one's soul, I think is probably the worst bargain of all time. And this is what our Lord says in our gospel reading today. And of course, the word world that Christ uses means whatever a person regards as his or her true essence of life. For some, it's money. For others, it is success. For others, it is fame. For others, it is pleasures of the world. And the list goes on and on and on and on. But suppose for a moment that a person does gain the whole world, if we can imagine that. And in the eyes of the world, many, many people have done this very thing. They have gained the whole world world. But most of the time I have to say that this doesn't keep them from trouble. It cannot give them the peace of conscience. It cannot give the, it cannot comfort them in sorrow. It cannot bring them peace 
And it certainly cannot save them from death. The death of the soul. It cannot purchase for them the kingdom of God. Which is to come. All they can do with what the world after they have it. Is to keep and hold on to it. Until they die. And as I know we have all heard this saying before. They can't take it. We can't take it with us. Right? To gain the whole world. And to lose God's kingdom. Is not a path. That we want to take. Dearly beloved. Because this path. Leads us away from life. And it leads us straight towards death. Death of the soul. St. Isaac the Syrian in his homily 56 says, The soul that loves God has its rest in God and God alone. And all the paths that men walk in the world, they do not obtain peace until they draw nigh to hope in God. And what St. Isaac the Syrian is talking about is our path. This is the way that we should walk, dearly beloved. The path that we as Orthodox Christians set our feet upon to make the journey every day toward the salvation and not the death of our souls. To lose our soul is to lose the greatest treasure that our Lord has given us. When a thief stole his lamp, the Greek Stoic philosopher Epictetes said, It is the thief who actually loses. Yes, I bought the lamp. It costs me a little. But it costs the thief his soul. We lose our souls little by little when we are no longer alive to God, aware of his love for us. We lose our souls little by little when we place something or some other person at the center of our lives instead of Christ. We lose our souls little by little when we move away from God instead of towards Him and are no longer sensitive to His presence in our lives. We lose our souls little by little when we fail to extend our love and forgiveness to our family, to our friends, and to our neighbors. But there is hope, dearly beloved, because we all do these very things I just mentioned. We all do. But as St. Paul says in Romans, For I do not do the good I want, but the evil that I do not want to do is what I keep on doing. And that hope which St. Paul knew is that God sent His Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, to be our Savior and to keep us from losing our souls if we focus on Him. Again, St. Isaac the Syrian says, Enter eagerly into the treasure house which is the heart that lies within you. And so you will see the treasure house of heaven. The ladder that leads to the kingdom is hidden within you. 
and is found in your soul. Dive into yourself and in your soul you will discover the wrongs by which you are to ascend. Again, St. Isaac the Syrian. So, dear brothers and sisters in Christ, in today's gospel, our Lord instructs us on how not to lose our souls or the death of our souls, but instead instructs us in how to be vigilant in striving toward the kingdom of God. Jesus said again, And if any man would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. If we are to concentrate and be serious about saving our soul, our goal is to keep our eyes and our hearts Always own God. And I'm here to tell you that this isn't easy. Especially during this time in which so much is going on around us in the world out there. It's chaotic. And the only way that we can truly keep our eyes and hearts on God is through planned neglect. Now you might be asking yourself, what is this? Planned neglect is to deliberately and to humbly neglect other things in order to concentrate on the all-important thing. What makes a, good, a great football player? Planned neglect. What makes a great author? Planned neglect. What makes a great chess player? Planned neglect. What makes a good doctor? the lawyer, or any of these other things, planned neglect. What then, brothers and sisters, makes us dedicated Christians? And I'll end with this. It is planned neglect of the least or less important things in life to not be distracted but to focus always on the cross in order to concentrate on the all-important call of Christ. Take up your cross and follow me. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. One God. Amen.